Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. I want to welcome you to Mary's Week here in the Advent season. Yes, it's Mary's Week in the sense that we just began with the great Immaculate Conception Solemnity uh, at the beginning of this week, and we're going to celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mary appearing as Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico about 500 years ago. Uh, that's the, Those two great feasts are celebrated this week, so the Church is really focusing our attention on Mary, and that's what I want to do in this week's podcast. I want us to think about how we can walk with Mary in the Advent season, what we can learn from her, how she can help us be really present to Christ dwelling within us in, in, in our spiritual lives. Because think about Mary, you know, in those months leading up to Christmas, that first Christmas, she was carrying the Christ child in her womb. Think about that mystery. Just think about that. I mean, she has her God, the, her creator, the one that created her is dwelling in her womb. I mean, that's just just how profound of a paradox that is. You know, every little baby kick isn't just a little baby kick. It's a divine kick. And I like to think about that, that in these weeks of Advent, God wants to nudge us. He wants to push us. Sometimes he wants to kick us in the, in this season of Advent to, to get our attention so that we can be present to the graces he has available for us. How can we be like Mary in this Advent season? That's what I'm going to look at with you in this week's podcast. So welcome back. This is the All Things Catholic Podcast, and I'm your host, Edward Sree. And I just want to thank the many listeners who gave an, a lot of feedback on the recent Advent episodes we've done about the meaning of Advent, how to live Advent, and then especially last week, just all of the uh, Advent traditions in the home. And I'd love to hear from you. If if you have your own special Advent traditions, maybe things that you did as a child growing up in your family, or maybe things you just do on your own right now, or you do with your own spouse and children or grandchildren, you know, I, I want to hear from you because I'd love to share those stories with other people, letting other people know some great ideas out there. So if you have any Advent traditions, uh, let me know about them. You can reach me on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. Or you can email me directly at info.edwardsri uh, at gmail.com. So that's info.edwardsri at gmail.com. Either way, you can reach out to me. But maybe I'll give a, another request here. With Christmas coming up soon, I'd love to share with others ideas of what you can do to really celebrate Christmas as a Catholic. I want to hear about Catholic Christmas traditions, things that keep a spiritual focus in the home and in our lives. And again, maybe there's things you did as a child growing up or things you do now on your own or with your own family, whatever that might be. Please share any great Christmas traditions uh, that you have uh, with me. I'd love to share that with others. Again, you can reach me on my website, edwardsree.com or email me. You can email me at info.edwardsree at gmail.com. But let's turn back to Mary here. And I want to think about a little bit this feast day of Mary's Immaculate Conception. You know, what, what is what is this feast day all about? Well, the doctrine is that Mary was conceived in her mother's womb, full of grace. She did not have the original sin. She was the immaculate one. She was created immaculately, full of grace from the moment of her existence, the moment of her conception, and she remained faithful to those graces all throughout her life. Mary never sinned. So that's the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. But do you ever feel like, wow, that's that's kind of intimidating? I mean, can you imagine like if 
Mary was in your church or in your women's group, you know, uh, and, and she was, you know, your neighbor next door, you'd be kind of intimidated. Oh my goodness. There's the perfect one. Uh, imagine being married to Mary. I mean, poor Joseph. I mean, that would have been really hard. I mean, picture Joseph, he's got the immaculate conception and he's got the divine son of God, a child who doesn't just think he's God, but really is God. I mean, how hard that would have been for poor Joseph Anytime something goes wrong in the Holy Family's house, I mean, just picture Joseph looks at Jesus and goes, well, it couldn't be him. He's the, he's God. And he looks at Mary. Well, she's the Immaculate Conception. So it must've been me again. <laughs> so um, I, I think sometimes we as Catholics do this. Maybe, maybe you, you've done this before. I know I've done this where you, you kind of put Mary on such a high pedestal. I mean, you admire her and you're, you're amazed. Wow. Isn't it beautiful? She was Immaculately Conceived but you kind of feel overwhelmed or intimidated or like, I just can't relate to her. I mean, she never sinned all throughout her life and I'm sinning like 27 times a day and, uh, and I keep bringing these same weaknesses to confession all the time. I'm, I'm just struggling. I, I can't relate to Mary. I mean, it's really cool that Mary did that. We can kind of sometimes treat Mary like a, she's like a Catholic superhero and she's got these superhero powers and she's way up there doing these amazing things in heaven and on earth but I can't relate to her. She, she doesn't connect with my life. I want you to think of the Immaculate Conception a little differently here because everything we as Catholics believe about Mary isn't there to just get us to focus on Mary. I often say this, you know, she wouldn't want all that attention anyway. No, everything we believe about Mary is there to help us understand Jesus better, to know him and love him better, and to understand better what Jesus wants to do in our lives. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, the Immaculate Conception, why was Mary immaculately conceived? It wasn't for her own sake. It wasn't like God just said, I want to do a really cool trick. Let's let's make one person, just one person, you know, not have original sin in the human family. You know, that's not what it's about. It's about Jesus. It's all about helping us understand that this child, this child, the baby Jesus, isn't any ordinary child. He's the all-holy, eternal son of God. You know, uh, Mary is is carrying this child in her womb for those nine months, and she's like she's like a temple carrying the Almighty God within her womb. She's like an Ark of the Covenant carrying God's holy presence. And if in the Old Testament, the Israelites had this intuition that when they were constructing the Ark of the Covenant, which was this great sacred vessel that carried the holy presence of God, and, and when they built their temple, which also was, was the place that, that God's presence dwelt among his people, they, they instinctively used the best of materials, the purest of gold, to honor the, the, the fact that this is, this is an any ordinary house. This is God's house. Well, that's what God's doing with Mary. He's building a house, a house for himself, for his son to dwell in. And so he uses the purest of gold, the purest of vessels, the best of materials, so to speak. He makes Mary immaculate without sin. Could God have dwelt in a sinful woman? Yeah, I, I theoretically could have, but it's most fitting that the God of the universe would dwell in a vessel in a new Ark of the Covenant, a new temple that is without sin, that's totally pure, that is immaculate. So that's the point of the Immaculate Conception. It's not to focus on Mary for her own sake. It's to wake us up. It's to kind of shake us and realize, wait, wait, Mary's Immaculate Conceived? Why? What, what's this all about? And then you're like, oh, it's because this child, the child she's carrying isn't any ordinary baby. He's not just some good kid. He's not just going to be a good teacher. He's not just even a king. No, he's God. 
how fitting it is. Wow. The God of the universe is dwelling in her, in this, in this beautiful, immaculate exception. It makes sense that God would make Mary the pure, holy temple. So that's one thing to think about with the immaculate conception, but I want you to think of something else. I want you to think about how it relates to your own personal life. You know, again, Mary was without sin, but I, Everything we believe about Mary is meant to tell us something about what God wants to do in our lives and, and what God did in Mary, making her full of grace. That's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to make us completely full of grace, completely taken over by grace, completely transformed by grace. You see, what God did in Mary wants to do in us. He did it in Mary in an instant, right at the moment of Mary's conception. She's full of grace. With us, it's going to take time. So what God did in Mary in an instant, he does in us over time. And usually that's over an entire lifetime and maybe even beyond this life and into purgatory for a while, right? You know, but there's this process of transformation being taken over by grace, where we give our lives entirely to Jesus, where the fire of his Holy Spirit burns through us, radiates through us. That, that, that often takes a lifetime and many times beyond for that transformation to take place. But I want you to think of Mary's Immaculate Conception, not just as, oh, wow, that's just really nice. God did that for that superhero saint up there. No, think of it as Mary is like an icon reminding us of what God wants to do in us. Mary is like exhibit A. She is the perfect model saint, but God wants to make all of us little saints. And, and he wants to make us eventually be completely full of his grace. So here's one thing I want you to do practically this week. Take some time and think about a certain area of your life, a certain weakness, a certain struggle you have spiritually, morally, and a certain vice maybe maybe the way you treat someone, what, just think about certain sin, a certain sin in your life that you're really struggling with. And I want you to turn to Mary and give it to her. Say a Hail Mary and, and give that weakness, that one particular weakness and to say, Mary, you who are immaculate, you who are full of grace, Mary, you who never sinned, I have this sin here. I've got many, but there's this one in particular. I need your help. I want to be transformed. I want to be transformed by grace. I want to be completely taken over grace like you were. I know that's not going to happen in an instant for me, but I, I have this one little weakness. Could you help me, Mary? Would you please pray for me? You who are full of grace, pray for me now and all the way to the hour of my death. Pray for me in this little weakness. When we do that, when we just name a certain part of our lives and we really turn to the one human person, Mary, who is completely full of grace, completely purified by God, completely a, you know, a saint from, from beginning to end, from the moment of her conception all the way to the end of her life and her assumption. You know, it, it, there's great graces that come from that because Mary will pray for us. She's already given her whole heart to God. She's going to pray for us that we may surrender our heart more in this particular area. So that's one great thing you can do right here this week of Advent, this Marian week, if you will, of Advent. Think of one little area of your life, give it to Mary, the one who is full of grace, the one who is totally transformed, the one who has conquered sin from the moment of her conception. Ask her to help conquer sin in your own heart this week. 
So that's one little thing. I, I'll give you another one I want you to think about here. Mary in the visitation scene is another, that's another great scene to think about in the Advent season because Mary is going on a journey and we're on our Advent journey. She's going to visit her kinswoman, Elizabeth. You may remember this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 39. It says that Mary went in haste to visit Elizabeth. I love that image because Advent is very much a season. I often say this, that Advent is a season where many people are going in haste, aren't they? I mean, there's so much pressure. We're going so fast. We're trying to finish up end of the year projects at work. We got all these deadlines and pressures and we're running in haste to the mall. We're running in haste to the post office. We're running in haste to open our computers, get online to get that, that sale on Cyber Monday. You know, we're doing all these things, you know, going in haste. I want you to think about Mary. She went in haste. But where was she going in haste to? She was going in haste to be with her cousin, to be with Elizabeth, to have fellowship together, just to share life together, to rejoice together in the great things God's doing in their lives and the babies they're, they're each carrying in their womb. I, I love that image because I think Mary's very countercultural there in the visitation, very countercultural from all the haste that's going on in the month of December. You know, so I think you can ask yourself this question. As you are busy this month, are you going to run in haste to all this, all this distraction? Or might you run in haste to the chapel? Do you have that desire to go, I, I'm just going to try to stop by the chapel today. I just want to go be with the one I love. I want to go see Jesus. Can you, could you just maybe one time this week, just on your way home from work or on your way to some important errand you have to run or maybe even on your way home after school as you're picking up the kids, just bring them in the chapel just for five minutes, just real quick to say hi to Jesus. What a wonderful thing you could do. Go in haste to Jesus in this season. Uh, go in haste to the people in your life like Mary did. You know, instead of being on your phone or being on some screen, busy, doing all this work on a screen, your children maybe are, are begging you, look at me, look at me, spend time with me. And you could be so distracted on the things that don't really matter this month. Go in haste to your children, go in haste to your friends, to your roommates, to your family, to your spouse, really be with people and not let this season drag you into all these cul-de-sacs and the things that don't really matter. And you just go spinning around that cul-de-sac that in the end next year, no one's really going to remember that, but people will remember if you actually spend time with them, let's go in haste to people, to Jesus and to the people in our lives. Finally, one last little thought here, small little thing for Our Lady of Guadalupe, when that comes up here in this week, I want you to think about this with Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm always moved at what a pro-life Marian apparition that was. I don't know how much you know the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe, but Mary appears in the 1500s to Juan Diego there in Mexico. And if you think about the culture in Mexico, this is in the, the heart of the Aztec civilization where you know, you've got thousands upon thousands of humans being sacrificed every year. Thousands and thousands and thousands, countless people sacrificed and many children sacrificed. And yet Mary came and appeared right in the midst of all that darkness. And millions of people had conversions. And those conversions weren't all of a sudden, oh, people are going to start going to church yeah, yeah, that was good too. You know, they start worshiping God, of course, but then flowing from that, they start reforming their lives and building good marriages and building good family lives. And most of all, stopping the slaughter of the murder of so many innocent people. 
And you know the parallel in our own day and age where we have so many children that are aborted every single day, thousands and thousands. We need Our Lady of Guadalupe. We need a new Guadalupe outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our own world. So maybe this week you can say a Hail Mary, maybe even a rosary, especially for Mary's intercession to come into our world again, to shine light in the midst of our present dark culture of death. You know, in this joyous Advent season where we celebrate the birth of a child, let's not forget that all around us, there are are innocent lives that are being just taken, whether it's the elderly or whether it's the poor on the street that we don't care for, but most especially how the atrocious crime of abortion uh, in our country. Let's not for, let's not forget them. Let's remember them in this this week of Mary, the week of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and ask Mary to to stir the hearts of our leaders, stir the hearts of our people, to bring an end to this this scourge of abortion. So my friends, those are three things you could think about in summary. Once again, the Immaculate Conception, don't just put Mary on the pedestal, admire her, honor her. She was worthy of it all, but also remember that what God did that in her to remind us of what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to make us full of grace. And so turn to Mary this week and ask her to conquer sin in your life. Just as God conquered sin in her, her life in the moment of her conception through her prayers. She can be a great, the, the, she is the greatest spiritual warrior out there, right? Let her pray that sin will, a certain sin, a certain weakness will be conquered in your life through her intercession. That's the first thing. Second is go in haste. Think about what you're going to be running in haste to. Make sure you run in haste to God, to Jesus, and, and you run in haste to the, the, the dear people in your life, your friends, your family, and not just all the distractions of December. And finally, in this week of Our Lady of Guadalupe, ask her for uh, to bring about true a true culture of life in the midst of this culture of death. So my friends, thanks so much for listening. You can always reach me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can always get the show notes at ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. So thankful for my friends at Ascension Press. Check them out and all the great resources they offer you for faith formation. You can go to ascensionpress.com for all that. And you can always reach out to me as well on my website. That's edwardsree.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.